Hey, welcome. Welcome to 3040 Parent, the podcast about parenting where what you're going through might actually seem normal. Let's talk about the weird stuff. Today, we're going to talk breastfeeding and when breast isn't actually the best. My wife and I, we were new parents, but we'd already gotten pretty used to starving our daughter. I mean, we were comfortable with it. We had a routine and we were doing a great job. Augustine was losing weight crazy fast. Oops. Now this started back in the hospital. I mean, it must have started in the hospital, right after delivery. Because before Augustine was actually born, no one talked to us about how to raise or actually feed a kid. Everyone just wanted us to have a kid. So it had to be there, in one of these best hospitals in the world hospitals, right in that first hour of becoming a parent. I mean, that had to be when I was introduced to the phrase, Breast is best. Breast is best. What an effective phrase. The wordplay is just so good and so simple that I honestly can't believe I hadn't heard it when I was in high school or college or in some locker room somewhere. It's just too perfect. These two words, breast and best, they fit together so well. And in this like perfection comes the phrase's authority. It's like easy confidence. You can't argue with something catchy like breast is best. Maybe we're actually conditioned not to. This goes all the way back to grade school. We're taught to trust rhymes, right? Think about it. The best way to make fun of somebody has always been to rhyme their name because it sounds so solid, like irrefutable facts. Bob the slob. Yeah, Bob's gotta be a slob, right? It fits. Also, it's so easy to remember rhymes that they can be repeated again and again and again and again, making them sound even more true. Fat Matt. Yep, Matt's gotta have some poundage. I mean, you know Matt heard that over and over and over and over. Breast is best. If it wasn't the truth, the words wouldn't match so well, right? So sure, random nurse, you got me. Breast is best. Jade and I bought into this idea, like immediately. We heard it, popped a boob in Augie's mouth, and patted ourselves on the back. I mean, instantly, we were the proud parents of a fed kid. Not only that, we were doing it the best way, the breast way. We were such good parents, boob to mouth parents. It was awesome. We believed that Jade was our own personal factory. Like that scene in Richie Rich where there's the McDonald's in the basement. We had everything and it was all in house. Now to the starving. The first two doctor visits didn't sound any alarms. As pretty much all parents and every doctor I've talked to will say, babies lose weight right after their birth. It's just something that happens. So the five day checkup and the week after checkup, everything was fine. At the 10 day, two week checkup, our doctor's concern only reached the maybe try a lactation specialist level, which ranks only slightly above the try some herbs alarm. And it's just about on par with asking about the night nurse situation. It's an almost bougie concern level. Now, our one month follow up, that's when Jade couldn't leave the doctor's office. Now, I actually wasn't there for that appointment, so I'm gonna bring Jade on now to tell you about the experience of being in, well, it wasn't pediatric jail, but maybe pediatric parole or like a holding cell. Here's Jade. So every pediatrician appointment kind of starts the same way. You go in and a nurse takes your child's weight, um, length, and temperature before you ever see you know the, the main doctor. And so this time I go in and after, you know, you have to completely undress your baby and put them on the scale. And the nurse immediately said, oh, and I was like, oh, uh, 
cutest baby in the world or you know what what was that oh about um we'll have the doctor um discuss her weight with you and i was like okay immediately start freaking out because i'm like what could possibly be wrong like i had the happiest baby in the world she just seemed like content they move you into a different room and i was waiting there for a while and then the doctor came in and she was like okay so um you know your baby is is really underweight for where she should be so what exactly are you doing with feeding i immediately felt like i was in detention or something or in the principal's office Uh, oh my god you know retracing every step i i think feeding's going really well like she's on my boob i feel like and she seems full like when the doctor's like okay well i'm not sure she's getting you know it's clear actually it's clear that she's not getting what she needs. She says, I'm going to go ahead and get some formula right now, and we're going to let you feed it to her. And then I'm going to have you stay in our office for a couple hours, and we're just going to feed her. And basically, by the time you leave, we want her to have gained half a pound or five ounces or something. Kind of immediately felt defeated. Like, I've I've been, like, staying up all the hours and and doing all of the things, drinking all of the water and, and, you know, eating the lactation cookies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I failed my child. You know, it was immediately, it felt like I had failed her. And this was the one thing that, you know, your husband can't do or your partner can't do, like you have to do. And, and I wasn't up to par. I wasn't able to do it. It's kind of like that first test of parenting. Like, you can't even feed your child. What kind of parent are you going to be? In result, Augustine had been dangerously underweight. It didn't make any sense. You know, Augustine, she didn't look emaciated. And Jade had spent hours upon hours every day with Augustine hooked on her boob. Back in 2015, that was really the limit to our advanced understanding of judging if someone was eating, how they looked, and seeing them around food. I know, this might sound dumb, but think about it. If you saw a beefy guy walking around with ice cream every day, I think we'd all assume that he ate too much ice cream. None of us would think that here's this big guy coming around every day just trying to get the ice cream in his mouth and failing each time. We wouldn't think that. So no, even now, I don't think we were wrong to assume that Augustine had been eating. Everything seemed okay. And, you know, we were doing our best. But nothing was actually okay, and that's really scary. You know, Dr. Jail, silly idea, Not being able to trust your eyes when raising your kid, that's terrifying. So we went to see some experts because the doctor's emergency formula that one time was just a band-aid. We needed a permanent solution. After all, breast is best. Meeting with some specialists, we really found out there were two problems that were causing Augustine to not be able to eat. Augustine had a tongue tie and Jade's milk was a bit below optimal. And I have to go with the word optimal here because I have a hard time believing that she was below average. Having gone through all this and having met a ton of people and talked to them about their situation, I've only met people who don't produce enough milk. I've never in my entire life met an overproducer. I mean, I've read about them online, but I've never seen one in the wild. And so I can't believe that that's normal at all. This has to be average, not having quite enough each time. But we'll get to that in a second. Anyway, solving the tongue tie, that was the first thing we had to do. Brief backstory, I had a tongue tie when I was a kid. 
I mean, whatever, it was the 80s. I had mine snipped when I was like six years old. There was a gurney, operating room, a whole hospital recovery experience. I mean, I had the whole medical shebang, 1980s style. But that's definitely not what happens anymore. I mean, Augustine got really late diagnosed at one month. So approximately, you know, a lifetime before mine was diagnosed. And she had her operation in my lap. Literally, I had to hold her against my chest and restrain her little one-month baby arms as the doctor did his two-second snip. She was healed within an hour. It was awesome. Real quick side note, as a parent of this malnourished kid, it was hard not to blame myself for passing along these horrible genes that caused her tongue tie, which I know is irrational, but that doesn't matter because it's perfectly on track with everything I was thinking as an early parent, and maybe what everyone's thinking as an early parent. Just trying to do our best. Getting Augustine's tongue tie fixed, though, it wasn't a whole solution, and really never could have been. I'm fine not knowing what to do, that's why we go see the experts, but the experts, they should have known better because the lactation specialist sort of implied that getting her tongue clipped should have fixed everything. And again, it never could have. Why? Well, as I understand it, and this might be really remedial, a woman's body uses the amount of milk that's actually pulled out of it to determine how much it needs to make in the future. So since Augustine was basically only teasing Jade's nips for the first month and leaving the juice behind, Jade's milk production was trained to run really low. Still, we went to see these professionals, the lactation specialists. And look, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And if you're a mammary lady, everything looks like a milk bar. There should be a word for lactation specialists that's more similar to mansplaining. I'm going to go with laxplaining, but I'm sure someone can do something better. Jade went to the groups and the consultations. Everyone seemed to push breast, breast, breast. Sitting there watching another stranger pinch at Jade's breast and laxplain about how things should work was excruciating. I never thought I was really, um, <laughs> like, uh, modest with my body until I went to a lactation specialist. Let's just see this how it is. No one goes to a lactation specialist if they aren't really trying. Still, there's this air of, you can do better, throughout the whole process. The whole failed process. Here's Jade again. First of all, going to a lactation specialist, just arriving in the parking lot, you're already kind of like at a nine or a 10 on the anxiety level because you know that you need their help. You have no idea what you're doing wrong. You're so hopeful, but like anxious that they'll be able to help you. And there's also this like worry that you're gonna be judged. I feel like every lactation specialist is the same, but I'm probably generalizing it. But the ones that I met all had like kind of a hippie vibe. I don't know. And they all touched my boobs, <laughs> which is just a weird thing when you're already insecure about your body. So there you are. You're sitting in a room. My husband was with me. There's your baby. And this person is touching your boobs and moving your baby's head to your boob in different ways to show you like correct placement nope 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 she's not latching right she's still not latching right or okay see you need to go ahead and like get the milk coming out self-express you know i'm doing it and even sitting there and i hadn't fed august in a while like not a ton of milk is coming out and she's like okay so how much water are you drinking during the day so much you know i have like a one of those large okay, uh what are you eating i was like eating lactation cookies and all self-express it just felt like 
she was there not to be helpful, but to point out where I was failing. And it was honestly one of the more traumatic experiences of my life in a way that like years later, even though I know that I tried everything to naturally quote unquote feed my baby breast milk, I still felt this immense amount of guilt about it. I still like remember how cold her hands were when they were touching my nipples and like trying to get milk to come out and it wasn't coming out. Like even thinking back on those like first couple of days and then weeks after meeting with the lactation specialist and getting like the hospital grade pump, I, it just makes me like have a heebie-jeebie because it was such a nightmare of an experience. There was a time when I could really only stay asleep if I heard that rhythmic knocking of her breast pump chugging hour after hour after hour after hour after hour. Ultimately though, only so much milk got made. At a time when you're supposed to be just sitting with your beautiful new baby and, you know, experiencing all these first, you can't even think about that. You're just thinking like, I'm starving my child. It's all because my body won't do this right. Or um, or not even that. It's like, I'm not doing something right. Like, I haven't told my body how to get this to work. We ended up going halvesies with breast milk and formula. And I'm not exactly sure what the opposite of an angel getting its wings is, but every time a formula bottle's shaken, I'm sure a lactation specialist somewhere loses something. Starting back in that lock-in day at the pediatrician's office, we raised Augustine on a mix of breast milk and formula. I mean, we had to, and we wanted to, which was actually awesome for me. As soon as we started Augustine on formula, she got better sleep and actually got to be awake and alert without looking for food. You know, formula gave us a baby instead of this grumbly stomach monster. Also, I got to help out throughout the days and nights. The first time since, you know, some point back mid-pregnancy, Jade started to be able to actually sleep through the night, and I got to get up and feed Augustine, which was tremendous. Having a purpose in those first few months as a dad, being able to take on some of the workload, it feels great to actually help out everyone, to be a part of the solution. Eventually, at about eight months, the hours Jade was spending pumping stopped working, and we went full on formula. Formula literally saved our daughter's life. So it's so dumb that we felt guilty about using it. It's stupid to think that way. A baby's just gotta eat. Still, as we move from formula to fruit pouches and puree, I think like our lasting impression, or at least my lasting impression of early childhood was, breast is best. And although she was alive, it did kind of feel like Augustine had been raised in like a bronze home. Like maybe she got second place as a newborn. And then came our second kid six years later. As the date of Atlas's birth got closer, I mean, Jade and I were both increasingly preparing for the repeat of our feed the baby gauntlet that we'd gone through. I mean, we were delivering the same way with the same doctor in the same hospital. We'd both planned for Atlas to use formula, but I think secretly we were both hoping and praying that we'd get some kind of boob miracle. I mean, we wanted the best breast. The nurse ran through the questions. Do you want to breastfeed? Yes. Do you want a lactation consultant? Yes. Do you want formula? Uh, yeah. Jade began breastfeeding immediately after Atlas was born. In the recovery room, boob in his mouth. 
but as soon as we were in our overnight room, I requested a lactation specialist. I mean, really before anyone's milk actually comes in, we wanted to see a consultant. She showed up two days later, calm, but you know, calm like a grandmother, not like some kind of zen chill calm. It was the same hospital, same staff, but fed is best. That's what this new lactation specialist led with. Fed is best. It's a slant rhyme, but it works. We split in formula on Atlas's third day of life and are still doing it now. And look, this time around, Jade's boobs are churning out milk way more than they were before. But we still need to substitute in the formula. Because when Atlas is hungry, that is best. I think it's really important that we allow ourselves to distrust rhyming more. At least Bob the Slob, who now has a minor cleaning addiction, would really appreciate that. But beyond that, we let ourselves feel bad or like lesser than just because something sounds good. I've said it before, being a parent is so many things, so many choices and decisions all at the same time. But we all have to make these decisions based on what's going to help everyone get through the days and the years. And if you think that way, Fed really is best. Now for the Googling, there's tons of research in both directions on the boob formula debate. First off, none of that matters. Kids just have to eat to live. And if you need formula, you're just like so many other people. You're just like me. Second, it's like all these studies, when you read them, it's like they're conducted in a vacuum. Think about it, if feeding a kid anything, even just breast milk, was gonna promise that they were gonna have a better, more well-adjusted and successful life, I guarantee you, people like Jeff Bezos would still be eating it today. Instead, every part of the development of your kid is overlapped by dozens and dozens of other factors. Nothing stands alone, especially not the food. There is an equal amount of scholars and parolees that were breastfed or formula fed. That's just life. Do what works for you. That's what's best. Um, build your nest. That's what's best. Nest is best. Thirty Forty Parent was produced and hosted by me, Bobby Christian. And a huge thanks to my wife, Jade, for coming on and telling her part of the story for the things that, you know, I just wasn't there for. All right, find out more and share your stories at civilmatador.com. <laughs>